Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so, too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Score's Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. That's right, Blackhawks fans. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. I am James Naveau from NBC5Chicago.com, and we are discussing the Blackhawks' 2-1 victory over the Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday night, dealing a little bit of a blow to the Avalanche's playoff chances. Wait, is it Avalanche's? Is that the correct possessive? You know what? I don't care. Mark Lazarus can yell at me about grammar later, but for right now... Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Of course, we have to start with Marishka's, home of the best poor boys in the entire world. And speaking of best in the world, if you need any jerseys for any reason, beer league softball, whatever, go to our good friends at Triple Threat Sports. They will take care of you there. Also want to give a shout out to Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, who has the best beer selection I've ever seen anywhere in the world. Can't wait to get back out there and start getting some more holes punched in this lovely card that I have from them. And of course, SeatGiant.com. If you want to go see the Blackhawks, they have about 15 games left in the regular season. If you want to go see them before they're gone for the summer, you know where to go, my friends. Now, we've gotten the formalities out of the way. Now, it is time to discuss the Blackhawks' victory over the Colorado Avalanche. They're fourth in their last five games on home ice, and we have to start 
with the beginning, of course, and that is where Eric Gustafson shined. Eric Gustafson, he of the new two-year contract with the Blackhawks, got himself a lovely little goal. This is what happens, guys, and I know Eddie talks about it all the time. Anytime a deflection happens in front or anything like that, Edzo will inevitably say, you put pucks on net and good things will happen. Well, that's exactly what Eric Gustafson did. Flipped a little wrister in on net, hit off an avalanche skate, evaded Semyon Varlamov, and butta-bang, the Blackhawks were up one to nothing five minutes into the game. Of course, it wouldn't be this Blackhawks season without A, giving up a goal, and B, giving up a goal on just an absolutely gorgeous Power play, bit of puck movement by the Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon, arguably a Hart Trophy finalist in my eyes this season, just as having a phenomenal year. Scored his 32nd goal of the season, beating Jean-Francois Berube to tie things up at 1-1. And then after a third period where nobody scored, it took nine seconds for the thing that we've all become used to our entire lives. Patrick Kane feeding Jonathan Taves, game winner, see you later, drive home safe, beep beep, sorry, thank you Stacy King for giving me the uh, inspiration behind that. And that I think is as good a place as any to really start kind of breaking this thing down a little bit more than just telling you what exactly happened in the game. And I think that over the last few games we've kind of seen what we've kind of wanted to see out of Jonathan Taves and out of Brandon Saad this season, and I think obviously you have to give a lot of credit to Patrick Kane for that because Kane is going to be a guy who's going to improve the fortunes of just about anybody that he skates with. And having him on that line with Jonathan Taves and Brandon Saad has clearly done them some good because they've been playing with a little bit more confidence, a little bit more pep in their step, especially Taves. I've really noticed the last few games that he's really kind of started to put the pedal to the metal a little bit, being reunited with Patrick Kane. It's not something we see a ton of, and he even referenced it today, that they don't play a whole lot together, and this is kind of a newer thing for them. But they're, they look pretty good. I mean, they still have... Obviously, the chemistry that's come with them being teammates for so long. And having them together at 5-on-5, I think, has given the Blackhawks offense a really nice little element. And they've scored quite a few goals recently with those guys around. And honestly, I felt like they could have scored more tonight than they did. And obviously, we're going to get to the reviewed and disallowed goal. We will get to that. But I felt like the team's offense, there were times tonight that they just couldn't seem to get the puck. And that's just the way Colorado has played recently. They've been playing with a lot of kind of verve to their game this season. There's a reason they're right there in the wild card race. And they held the puck a lot. But credit to the Blackhawks. They seem to really take advantage of their opportunities tonight. Generated quite a few of them. And I think it all really started with that top line, with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane being together. Now, we have to get to the big controversy of the evening. The Brandon Saad goal, the mad net front scramble that ended up being overturned uh, in the war room in Toronto. They had originally awarded it to the Blackhawks. They decided not, not to give it to them after video review. And frankly, there was a lot of consternation 
in my timeline about it. And with with good reason, I think. This is what the NHL said. Video review determined that after Saad used a distinct kicking motion to kick the puck, it deflected off goaltender Semyon Varlamov's blocker and into the net. According to Rule 49.2, a kicked puck that deflects off the body of any player of either team, including the goalkeeper, shall be ruled no goal. No goal, Chicago. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Brandon Saad, I, in my review of it, what I saw, and I'm sure a lot of people agree with me, including Jonathan Taves, who did mention it in his post-game availability, it looked to me like after Saad kicked the puck that ended up going off his own stick, and then Semyon Varlamov ended up pushing the puck into the net. If that's the case, in my interpretation of that rule, the goal still should have counted then because it then touched Brandon Saad's stick. Now, I don't know. It, there could be a nuance to the rule where he didn't technically possess it or whatever you want to say. But I thought that the NHL and the officials involved, I feel like they got that call wrong. And obviously, Joel Quenville agreed with me. He was very upset about the call, and I thought rightfully so. And I understand the rule that the NHL is citing. I think they're, I want to say it was Andrew Shaw a few years ago, ended up punching the puck into the net, and it bounced off the goaltender. But since he had used an illegal punching motion or something, it didn't count. There seems to be a lot of things that the Blackhawks end up getting involved in that end up being like these nuanced like interpretations of rules. And more often than not, it does kind of feel like they're, you know, on the receiving end of some bad news there. And it just was another one of those instances that I thought the goal should have counted. Not sure what you guys thought. Obviously, feel free to tweet at us at MadhousePod or send an email to MadhousePod at gmail.com. Let me know if I'm crazy. Let me know if I'm on the right track, what you thought about the call. Obviously, a ton of controversy there and a call that really could have turned the tide of the game because I really felt like the Blackhawks showed some good uh, solid play tonight. And I thought that that had the kind of potential to derail them a little bit. Obviously, they still come out of it with two points, and that's always a good thing. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, before we part company tonight, we also, of course, have to mention kind of the other big news of this week, and that is the Eric Gustafson uh, contract extension, which I think took a lot of Blackhawks fans by surprise, me included. I did not see a scenario in which they were going to go out of their way to that quickly not only re-sign him, but give him a two-year contract extension. I mean, this isn't just a, oh, we don't want him to, you know, potentially become a restricted free agent, maybe get an offer sheet, blah, blah, blah. No, this was a, we want to re-sign this guy, and we want to give him a pay raise, and we want to lock him up. Here's the thing. Eric Gustafson is a fine hockey player. He's okay. He's had some moments this season, obviously, and I think that sometimes we're a little bit of, we become prisoners of the moment in a way where we tend to remember the giant gaffes more than we remember kind of like the the good things that he does, the consistency that he brings, the offensive verve and punch that he brings. I, I think we sometimes lose sight of that, 
But that being said, I feel like Eric Gustafson, it, it seems like kind of a weird contract to give out at this point. And I know Jay had a lot of thoughts on this the other when they signed him. He definitely thought that this was the kind of thing that you're like handing out this money that you don't really have to hand out. And that, not like giant big contracts, that's not the main way that you get into salary cap hell. The way you get into salary cap hell is giving out an extra million to Brent Seabrook and giving him a no-trade clause. It's giving an extra million to Marcus Kruger to say thank you for being a good soldier and playing fourth line and penalty kill minutes. Those are the ways that you get into salary cap hell. Not giving top players like Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane $10.5 million a season. That's not how you do it. And Jay had a really good point when he said that. And I feel like the Eric Gustafson contract, it, it definitely qualifies as that. Where I think they probably gave him three hundred, four hundred thousand more than they probably needed to. And it, it sends me, it sends me a really weird message about what the team thinks about its defense. Like, is this a defense that you really want to bring back almost intact next season? Are you really looking to bring like these top six, seven defensemen back? Like to me, that's a really foolish thing to do. If that's indeed what Stan Bowman is doing, and obviously we still have a long way to go until this offseason is over, and there will be plenty of complicating factors, namely the Marion Hosts, a long term injured reserve. They have to wait till the season starts to put him on that, and all that good stuff gets to happen. It, it just, the timing of it seems very odd to me. And I feel like a lot of Blackhawks fans definitely felt that yesterday when they announced that contract. It just, it seems like the type of deal that was unnecessary. Eric Gustafson is a fine player. There's nothing wrong with him specifically. The only problem is what has he done to earn a two-year contract extension? Has he shown you guys enough to warrant that kind of deal? To me, he hasn't. He hasn't like shown me that he doesn't belong on NHL ice or anything like that. But he hasn't shown me that, oh, we got to lock him up for two years and we've got to keep him in the fold. That's just, Simply put, that is not what he has shown me. So you guys may think I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Like I said... Email, tweet, do whatever you got to do. Passenger pigeon if you can somehow clone them back to life or whatever. I'm definitely here to hear what you guys have to say. Thank you very much for listening to this post-game podcast slash what the heck's going on with Eric Gustafson podcast. And I'm sure Jay and I are going to get you a full-length podcast at some point. Have not had an on-air production meeting with him lately, so not quite sure when that will be. However... We will continue to bring you hockey coverage for the remaining 15 games of the regular season, and then who knows? Maybe we'll give you, uh, maybe we'll give you some playoffs. I was thinking the other day, maybe doing like a bandwagon playoff kind of thing, where we do like podcasts not only about the Blackhawks and what they're going to need to do this off season, but also to give you some maybe analysis of another team. Maybe we can do something like that. Let us know what you think. We will discuss that amongst ourselves. Until next time, I am James Naveau. Thank you very much to our sponsors. Thank you very much to you guys for listening to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. Look in your home. Look in your office. 
Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm, grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba 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 ba. I participate in McDonald's.